0: hey friend, welcome to the Love Your Bible Podcast. Hey, today we're going to talk about just beholding the glory of Jesus in the midst of all the mess of life and ministry. I don't know about you, but... Man, life is just hard sometimes. It's messy. There's problems. You run into frustrations and roadblocks with work, families, just your own personal journey with the Lord. And in the midst of just the muck, what we want to do is to keep our eyes up, focused on the Lord Jesus who he is, what he did, and his glory. And so I wish you could look at what I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at Raphael's uh, painting of the transfiguration of Jesus. Now, I'm looking at it on a Google image. You can actually search this. I'll put it in the show notes because you really do need to just to see it. Now, I've actually got to see this one um, in the Vatican, and so uh, my last year of seminary, I got to go to Rome and see, this was 2013, I believe, um, got to see just this magnificent, beautiful painting by a Raphael in the Vatican. So what it is, it's a picture of the transfiguration of Jesus, and it, the top of the painting is Everything is beautiful. There's light. It's Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, the disciples. They have fallen down just seeing the glory of Christ. And then at the bottom of the painting, you have dark, there's shadows, there's frustration, there's a little boy that has a demon, there's chaos, there's messiness, and it's just this beautiful shot of what actually Matthew records in his gospel of the top of the mountain, the glory of Jesus and then the bottom of the mountain the messiness of everyday life and what Raphael is trying to capture is is man there is mess in this world but at the top of the mountain, we have Jesus who is glorious, even in the middle of our mess. And that's really what I think Matthew is trying to do in his gospel. So I want to walk through the transfiguration and uh, hopefully in your life. I don't know where you're at right now. Maybe you're having a bad day. You're at the bottom of the mountain. Problems are happening. There's darkness, there's shadows, there's sin, there's hiding. And what you need to do is just pick your eyes up and look at and behold the beauty and glory of Christ, who he is. Or maybe you're so caught up in the mountain of just basking in Jesus' glory that you have forgotten to come off the mountain. And to get around real people with real problems and try to minister to them in everyday life. So um, it's not one or the other. It's not that we stay on the mountain and behold Jesus. And it's not that we stay on the bottom and just in the mess of life. It's we constantly weave between the two. We behold Jesus. And then we minister in the mess. We minister in the mess and we behold Jesus. So I think if you're going to live a vibrant life for Christ, you have to keep both of those things in perspective. So let's just walk through this. Matthew 17 verse 1 says this. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James, I'm sorry, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light, and behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him, and Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good that we are here? If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, and one from Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And then they lifted up their eyes and saw no one but Jesus only." Now, just imagine if you were Peter, James, or John. I mean, you're hiking up a mountain with Jesus. You've already seen him calm the storms, walk on water, raise people from the dead. You've seen him multiply a little kid's lunchbox to feed 5,000 people. Like, you've seen Jesus in in all that he's done. Like, you already have determined that Jesus is the very Son of God But now, Jesus leads you on top of a mountain, and the Bible said he was transfigured before them, which you've never had anybody do that. Like, none of us have ever experienced a buddy who transfigured in front of us. Like this is something only Jesus can do and did uh, in time and space and history. So what I like to say about this is Jesus' deity shone forth through his humanity. And I think that's what the transfiguration is. His His face, the Bible says, shone like the sun, and his clothing became white as light. Like I think the Bible is trying to describe something that's really indescribable. Like all of a sudden— what they believed about Jesus, what they thought about Jesus, proved to be true that he's he is a man, but he's more than a man. He is the God-man, and in this moment, his deity is showing forth through his humanity, and they are beholding the very Son of God. And before then, there's Moses and Elijah, which of course in the Old Testament, these are two giant figures. You have giant prophets who brought um, the, the the law, and Elijah who's, who's bringing forth like the coming Messiah. Both of these appear, and Peter's like, I don't even know what to do. I don't think we should be here. I think we're in company that we don't belong with. So he has this building project and all of a sudden God intervenes and says, hey, be quiet. This is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And then all of a sudden things go back to normal. Jesus touches them and they lift up their eyes and they see Jesus only. So this is a moment of just sheer uh, glory. Like they're caught up. They're seeing who Jesus is. They are overwhelmed by him. They're seeing his greatness. They're seeing his glory. And I think God anticipates us to constantly seek after and be captivated by his glory. Now, we don't climb a mountain and see Jesus transfigured before us. But God has given us his word. And I think what he wants us to do is to daily love our Bibles, and seek to see the glory of God in the pages of Scripture. Like, God wants us to daily climb the mountain, open our Bibles, and behold who Jesus is. To see that He is the Son of God, who is the the radiance of God, the very imprint of His nature. He wants us to see our Creator, our Sustainer, and be captivated by His glory. So I just want to ask, does that describe you? Like, do you wake up or go to bed with your nose in the Bible, anticipating seeing the glory of God? Do you go to church anticipating during worship to get a taste of the glory of God? Are you constantly longing for the glory of God? Because that's the mountaintop. Okay, but what we're going to see is they had this mountaintop with Jesus, but then the very next line is... They come down the mountain and they encounter the mess. So they have the mountain of glory to the mess of ministry. Notice it happens in verse 9. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples ask him, then why did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered, Elijah does come first. He'll restore all things. But I will tell you that Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but they did whatever pleased him. So also the son of man will certainly suffer at their hands. And the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. And then they came to the crowd. So as they're coming down, Jesus is like, Hey, you've had a moment with me. Don't spread it yet because I still have to die and rise from the dead. And then now they're going to encounter the mess of ministry. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, kneeling before him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and suffers terribly. And often he falls into the fire and often into water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed immediately. And the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed— you will say to this mountain, move from here and there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So here they come down from this mountaintop experience with Jesus, loving Jesus, seeing Jesus, and all of a sudden when they come down, they are interrupted with a boy who has a demon, a demon that is casting him into fire and water, a demon that is torturing him. A dad has brought this demon to the disciples and they couldn't heal him. They couldn't cast it out. And now this little boy is brought to Jesus and Jesus heals the kid and tells the disciples, the reason why you couldn't heal this kid is because your faith was too small. And what I think uh, Raphael does so good in the painting that I talked about earlier is he paints the picture of Jesus being transfigurated with light and glory and goodness on top of this mountain, while at the bottom of the mountain, you have demons and darkness and suffering and really hard ministry. And it's a good parallel of Jesus who takes the, the guys up on the mountain and, but then he brings them right back down to the mess of ministry and we see demons and suffering and darkness. And what we need in our lives is to realize that we live in the messy bottom. We live in that world with demons and darkness and demonic powers and suffering and sin and hurt and shame and guilt and, and just problems with life. And what happened is with the disciples, I think what they forgot is the glorious Savior on top of the mountain. While they were in the midst of this suffering world of ministry, they're trying to cast out demons and heal, but they're not having faith. They're not believing the God they serve, the God they worship. They're not, they're not full of the glory of God. Therefore, they're doing ministry and life in their own power. And Jesus says, faithless generation, what you need is to remember, I am the glorious savior, and I am with you in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of your struggles, and you need me to be the one that walks you through this life. And I just want us to think through, because the reality is, we spend our days in life in the messiness of life and ministry. Like you go to work. And you hear about that problem, you know, your coworker is struggling with their marriage and they're about to go through divorce. You find out one of your coworkers, a kid that has problems. Maybe you get laid off. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Um, You hear about a diagnosis, a sickness, um, your bank account is dry. Like There's just a lot of things that are real life problems and they're dark, they're scary. Um, they're filled with demons and what we have to do in order to be sustained in those dark moments is we have to be caught up in the glory of Christ. And so that's where this parallel of the top of the mountain is what sustains you in the valley of sin and death in the valley of brokenness and corruption And so what we have to do is we have to develop a pattern in our life where we are constantly walking up the mountain to behold the glory of Christ so that as we walk in the shadows, in the darkness, we remember our glorious Savior King and we have faith in Him and His faith propels us through all of the hurt and sin that we encounter all in our lives. So what we have to do is we have to schedule and make plans to go up on the mountain. And I think just very, um, uh, very practically, this is about your, your, what we call quiet time. And I think quiet time is such like a small thing, like, oh, have a quiet time with the Lord, like open your Bible, pray, and maybe we shouldn't call it a quiet time. Maybe we should call it a glorious mountaintop time. But the point is you're opening your Bible and. And you're reading and praying and you're letting the glory of Christ fill your heart and fill your mind and fill your soul so that as you get ready to walk out the door and start your day and deal with everybody's problems, and by the way, your own problems too, you're living your life in and through the glory of Christ. Like, I think the reason Jesus brought his disciples up on the mountain and let them see his glory is he knew their mission and their ministry was going to be messy and hard and filled with sin and darkness. And you know what you need when you're facing life with sin and darkness? You need life and light and righteousness. You need the glory of Christ to sustain you through the mess of ministry, through the mess of life. And so I want to encourage you as you think about your own life, your own problems. When's the last time you looked up? When's the last time you just beheld the glory of Christ? When you sought Him and bathed in him, and just spent time on your knees in his presence, being overwhelmed by who he is and what he's done. Because I promise you, only the glory of Christ on the mountain can sustain you in the mess of ministry and life. So one of the reasons that I encourage you to love your Bible and why weekly I encourage you to love your Bible is because I think the more you love your Bible, the more you will see Christ and love Christ. And the more you see and love Christ, the more you can walk through this life with your eyes up, having faith in the Lord, that in the hard times, in the struggles, in the roadblocks, in the detours, of your life, and of your friends' lives, you can walk with a smile and walk in simple trust that the God on top of the mountain is walking with you in the valley. Because you know him, you see his glory, you're beholding his goodness. So I just want to encourage you, I want you to look up, click on the link and look up the picture of Raphael's Painting in the 1500s of the Transfiguration because he captures our life and ministry so well. We have a glorious Savior on the mountaintop, but we have work to do in the darkness with the demons in the valley. And the only thing that will sustain you in your messy life and ministry is if you constantly keep your eyes focused up on the mountaintop jesus the glorious one who's come and who is coming so that's your thought for today as you're in the mess as you're in the midst of the messy ministry called life keep your eyes up on your risen savior who is glorious keep your faith in him keep pursuing him because that's the only way you're going to make it through the muck and mire of this world So I hope today as we've thought about the transfiguration, looking at the glory in the top and the and the greedy in the bottom, I hope you keep your eyes up on Jesus. And I hope today it helps you to want to love your Bible more, to pour into it tonight and tomorrow because Only loving Jesus through his word is going to keep you trotting through this life, plowing to the next, which is the glorious kingdom of Christ. So I want to say thanks for listening. Hope this has been an encouragement to you. If you know somebody who would find this an encouragement, uh, share it with them. Tell them about the podcast. Uh, And I hope today has helped you to love your Bible more because I really believe when you love your Bible, you'll love God, serve people, and live a life that matters.